It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. What is going on? Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for subscribing, too. If you haven't subscribed, so hurtful. So hurtful. Uh, All you got to do is click the subscribe button, and then the show comes right to your podcast or tablet every single, or to your smartphone or tablet every single day. Want to thank patrons to the program, folks like Kathleen, Matt, Jason, Marlene, Jenny and Sean, Rhonda, Susan, Mike, Linda Grace, and Lisbeth. Uh, they became patrons just by going to the PeteCallenderShow.com, clicking on the link that's at the top there. You get access via the Patreon platform to exclusive content. Um, we do live streams every Thursday. It's a lot of fun. And you get the bumper stickers, too. So, uh, all right, Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, Republican, first African-American lieutenant governor elected in North Carolina. And uh, he has now uh, taken himself out of the running for the U.S. Senate seat that is being vacated by uh, Richard Burr. Pat McCrory has announced on the Republican side. Uh, Mark Walker has announced on the Republican side. And right now, that's it. There were only two official candidates. And Lieutenant Governor was kicking the tires on this idea last week. We covered it uh, probably pretty extensively. I've seen uh, some... Uh, some analysis, some opinion that uh, it was uh, that this was just to raise name ID and fundraise and such. And maybe that's the case. If so, he got me (laughs) because I covered it as well. Um, But he put out a statement, which was earlier than I expected him to issue this statement. But he said, "Uh, running for Senate was never on my radar before the last couple of weeks. However, I began to receive calls from people all over the state encouraging me to run. We then saw poll numbers that showed me with a strong lead over all of the declared candidates. With the encouragement from supporters, the strong numbers, and the importance of this Senate race, I felt obligated to take an earnest look at the seat, consult those closest to me, and seek the Lord in prayer about the direction he has for my life. If you've ever heard me speak or talk to me personally, you know that I truly want to serve. I did not seek elected office for personal fame or fortune. I did so to serve the people of this state and nation. Being obedient to the Lord and serving the citizens will always be my priority. I'll always work to do uh to do yeah, I'll always work to do what I believe is right and to put the people above my own self-interests. He says, I will strive to honor my responsibilities and to keep my promises. It is with this in mind that I have decided I will not run for U.S. Senate. I'm proud of what my team and I have accomplished in such a short period of time, especially with the important task of education, and look forward to building on our progress. Our state deserves real leadership, and right now there is a vacuum left by a do-nothing governor. Since I have taken office, I have seen the Cooper administration play favorites with vaccinations, stifle small business, and veto good legislation purely for political points. I will not stand idly by. Um, now, on this idea that, and he goes, uh, he had a longer statement, and you can see it at the uh, the Patreon page. I've got it linked up there. But um, if you've never seen or heard Mark Robinson on the campaign trail, then I got a bit of a treat for you because uh, there was a video that was posted from a recent uh, Reagan dinner held by the Moore County Republican Party. And I don't usually play uh, entire speeches. I'm not going to play his entire speech now, but we're going to listen to a good chunk of it, okay? Because uh, he started off 
uh, with you know called to prayer when he started his uh, his speech. He went on for about an hour. Uh, he said that uh, he had some problems though when he first started uh, getting involved in politics years ago with his local Republican Party in the past. When I first got involved with the Republican Party, the thing that made me abandon my quest with my local party was this: I could not find anyone who wanted to fight. By and large, every time I would say something, and I was much like I am now, only I wasn't nearly as refined. (laughs) But by and large, when I would stand up and say things like, you know, we need to be going out here and telling folks the good news about the Republican Party. We need to be going out here, tell them about how the Republican Party ended, because see, I just learned all this, how the Republican Party ended slavery, how the Republican Party uh, uh, passed the 13th, 14th, 15th Amendment to the Constitution, how the Republican Party passed the 19th Amendment to the Constitution. You know, I wanted to talk about all these things, but people say, ho, 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 ho. Can't talk about those things. Those things are too controversial. You know, people coming and start asking us too many questions and people start coming. You want to talk, you know, it's just too controversial. We need to talk about things that people understand, like limited government, you know, less taxes and all those good things. That's what folks want to talk about. And I was looking at them thinking, you know, the Republican story. And I knew this back then. The Republican story is not limited government and, and less taxes. The Republican story is not fiscal responsibility in government. That's not the Republican story. I can assure you that the martyrs who gave their lives for the cause of liberty, of making sure that this republic lived up to the words of its founding documents, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. They did not die for limited government and smaller taxes. That's not what they died for. Those men and women gave their lives for the cause of this republic and what it truly stands for. And what this republic stands for is freedom. Equality, justice for everyone. And you see, our friends on the other side of the aisle have dictated the narrative and have told the story. And now they have put on the britches. See, they took off them Klan robes they used to wear. Yeah, I said they used to wear them Klan robes because they did. Check your history book, W-R-A-L. That was not Republicans in those Klan robes. Those were Democrats in those Klan robes. That was not that was not Olivia Oxendine or Mark Robinson in those Klan robes. That was Woodrow Wilson and his cohorts in those Klan robes. Republicans believe in the ideals of liberty, freedom, equality. That is what this party was based on. You know, I had the occasion to talk to some folks one time in my local party, and they said, you know, I think we should change the grand old party thing. It's old, it's outdated, it's house-loaded. We need to change it. We need to call it the Great Opportunity Party. Sounds nice, but no thank you. No thank you, because here's why. The reason why they call it the Grand Old Party, because there's only one party 
that can say what we can say. There's only one party in this country that has a grand old history of fighting for what is right. Only one. Now see CNN and CBS and ABC and that leftist professor in that classroom will try to say different. But history tells the tale. See the Republican Party was formed uh, by a bunch of free soilers and Whigs and uh, these folks called abolitionists who knew that the institution of slavery was not compatible with a constitutional republic whose words spoke so eloquently about freedom and equality in its founding documents. And from the very beginning, this party set a course in this nation to destroy that institution of slavery. Had it not been for our party, it would have been many, many more decades before the institution of slavery in this nation was defeated and trod underfoot. We, the people in this room, we are the folks that led that charge. So now how in the world do we get to this place that the Republican Party and Republicans are a bunch of racist, racist old white men, rich, racist old white men? Yeah, I checked myself in the mirror before I came here. I'm not, I'm not old, not that old, I'm not old. I'm not white. And last time I looked at my bank account, I'm not rich. And if I get rich as Lieutenant Governor, I'm also probably gonna do some time. So, that won't be happening either. So how do we get to this notion that Republicans are racist? Here's how we got there. Because we've let somebody else tell our story. We've let that clown in the classroom tell our story that's bound and determined to turn our children into communists. We let these idiots on television, and yeah, I call them idiots. Put it out, put it on social media. I call them idiots. Because we're going to take a break here real quick and delve into this. I'm tired of them. I'm tired of them taking their sacred duty as journalists and turning it in to activism. You're not here to give me your opinion. Get your pad, get your pen, take down the facts and report them. That's what you're supposed to do. And if you don't like it that I called you an idiot, you know where my office is. You can come see me. We can have a conversation about it. <laughs> now, not that I'm endorsing the name calling, okay? But you can see why he's popular on the circuit. <laughs> um, speaking of something I do endorse, that is General Equipment Rental. And Saturday, they got a great deal going on. It's the Husqvarna Demo Day, not the not the kind of demo day where you're tearing stuff down. The kind of uh, the kind of demo day that's a demonstration day. Okay, you can go down to General Equipment Rental in Weaverville. They're at the intersection of Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road between 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. Saturday. And you can, first off, you can try out any Husqvarna equipment you want to, uh, but take advantage of the deals, okay? They're, run, they're running sales on uh, Husqvarna handheld power tools, okay? So chainsaws, blowers, trimmers, hedge clippers, pole saws, brush cutters, cutoff saws, those are all gas-powered handhelds, all for 20% off the MSRP. 
They got battery-powered handhelds as well, blowers, trimmers, brush cutters, weed whackers, the kits as well. Uh, so you'll get the battery, you get the charger, and the chainsaw kit has a, an extra chain as well. They've got special financing deals to help you out. They're also raffling off a chainsaw. And there's going to be a chainsaw artist there. They're going to be sculpting stuff out of wood. It's going to be fun. 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Take advantage of the deals. I'm going to try to get down there myself. General Equipment Rental. Check out the website, generalrents.com, and think outside your toolbox. Now, one of the themes uh, that, if not the theme of the speech that Robinson gave to this Moore County Republican Party is that the Republican Party needs to stop letting other people tell its story. That has to stop. This is the grand old party. And we have a grand old history of service, and not just of service, but of absolute sacrifice. You think about it. See here, we'll have to wash over a lot of things in history. I went down to the, uh, the History Museum in North Carolina. And uh, y'all, Lord have mercy. <laughs> You go down and you, you, you look at the, the, on the wall, they have a description of reconstruction. Now, I'm a, I'm a history major and I've studied history extensively, particularly that period. During that period, the folks in the South that wanted to bring back the, uh, the old South and wanted to bring back all the racism and everything that was associated with the old South, the white supremacy that was, you know, all surrounded by that, you know, keeping black folks down and keeping, keeping white folks here and keeping society separate. Those folks called themselves by name. They called themselves Redeemers. And they were Democrats. And they hated the Republicans who had moved down here to the South. And many of them that had sprung up in the South and their activist allies who were trying to enfranchise black people in the political process, they despised them. They despised them to the point where they actually formed groups. And we know the names of them, the Black Leagues, the Red Shirts, the Ku Klux Klan. And they went out and they murdered these activists because they were simply trying to bring equality to this nation and to the Deep South. They murdered them by the hundreds, and in some places by the thousands. In many ways, the Civil War didn't stop at Appomattox Courthouse. It kept right on going. The killing kept right on going as they sought to stop the progress that we saw that Republicans were fighting for. We passed the 13th Amendment at that time, ended slavery. We passed the 14th Amendment gave black men the right to vote. We passed the 15th Amendment, which gave black people equal protection under the law. We passed real civil rights legislation. Now to hear our enemies on the other side tell it, they're the ones that did that in the 1960s. No sir, buddy, that happened in the 1860s. And that charge was led by Republicans. See, cause the charge they were leading was against all those things. And they instituted something called Jim Crow. Took away those rights that Republicans had fought and died to give folks. And so we moved into this era of Jim Crow. We started, started along that path. You know, it's funny how prophetic, how prophetic 
Republicans are, conservatives are. Oh, and I, I'm, I'm sorry. I did not tell you the rest of the stuff about the History Museum. Let me tell you what they did down here at this History Museum, these liberals did. And I know it was liberals because only liberals do this. <laughs> See, they didn't call those folks redeemers on that board. That's not what they're called down there at the History Museum. You want to know what they're called? They're not called redeemers. They're not called Democrats. They are called, and this is the word they use over and over again, conservatives. You don't believe me, you go down there and check it out for yourself. Total misrepresentation of, the, of history. Not anywhere on that board does the word redeemer appear. Very few times does the word Democrat appear. See, we're allowing somebody else to tell our story. That's why when we look at Jim Crow, you know, I asked somebody just the other day, and this person, this person has a master's degree in business. And I asked this person, who was responsible for Jim Crow? And he looked at me and he said, that's obvious. It had to be Republicans. <laughs> I said, have you ever heard of a case called Pessy versus Ferguson? No. Well, I thought you just told me that you were concerned with black folk and you were concerned about the plight of black folks in this country. See, I love to play that game with people. I love to stand in some of these, front of some of these people to say they're so concerned about black folks in this country. Because then you get to asking them questions. You ask them questions like, well, how many black folks came out of Africa during the West African slave trade? I don't know. Couple of million, I don't know. Well, where did they go when they left out of Africa? Where did they go to? I don't know. Well, how many of them survived coming over? I don't know. All the pertinent questions that somebody that's so concerned with our history should know, all of a sudden they know nothing. Up to and including how we got to where we are right now. To the point where they don't know that the folks that formed Jim Crow the institution that was meant to hold black folks back and did in many ways was formed by the same people that you go down there, Joe Biden, and push their name on that ballot with that D. Those very same people. See, folks, this is the kind of stuff we got to start talking about and telling. This is what we got to start telling because this is our story. And our story is a grand one. It's a grand story. Jim Crow was an institution and when plus the, the, the decision in Plessy versus Ferguson was made to set the standard for separate but equal, there was one guy on the Supreme Court that stood up and said, no, 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 no. He literally said, if we do this, we will damage race relations in this country for the next 100 years. There was one man that stood up and dissented. His name was John Marshall Harlan. He was a former slave owner who got saved by Jesus Christ repudiated slavery and became an abolitionist and became a Republican. His wisdom gave him prophecy because Jim Crow separated this nation for many years and trod many people underfoot. But the repudiation of Jim Crow came not by Democrats, not by Kamala Harris or Joe Biden, certainly didn't come through Lyndon Johnson. 
Some of the things Lyndon Johnson said, I can't even repeat on this stage. <laughs> Came to that Supreme Court decision, Brown versus Board of Education. Then you go out and you ask the average person, who wasn't responsible for that? They'll tell you, oh, that was Thurgood Marshall. Thurgood Marshall was the attorney. But the Supreme Court justice who sat in the majority was a man named Earl Warren, and Earl Warren was a Republican. He was the one responsible, and that court was the court that was responsible for repudiating Jim Crow. You see, I'm saying all this to you all for this one purpose. Stop letting somebody else tell everybody else who you are as Republicans. Stop it. All right, a couple more excerpts from the speech in a minute. First, if you are thinking about getting a mattress from somebody other than Mattress Man, stop it, okay? Take Lieutenant Governor Robinson's advice there. Uh, Go to Mattress Man and take advantage of their free upgrade deal going on. Get a king-sized mattress for the price of a queen or a queen-sized mattress for the price of a twin. It's a free upgrade, right? They've got four stores in Asheville, Hendersonville, and Arden, including the new location on Airport Road in the IHOP Shopping Center. Uh, Go check it out. Go to the website. You can see all the inventory that they've got there. Uh, That's mattressmanstores.com. They've got flexible financing options, like no interest for two years. Uh, take advantage of the tax refund deal. Well, you you know you'll be end up sleeping in the bed before you pay any money because you're waiting on your tax refund. And then when you get your refund, it goes to the mattress. How awesome is that? They've got free local five star delivery service. They have a 120 day comfort guarantee. They do ship nationwide, and they're an exclusive retailer of the Biltmore Collection. Yes, inspired by the local landmark, the Biltmore, uh, made by Restonic. So do what Christy and I did. Get your mattress from Mattress Man. We bought our year, uh, bought our mattress. It's a, a memory foam. We've, gosh, probably got it now. It's approaching nine years ago. So we'll be replacing our mattress. And when we do, we're going back to Mattress Man. You should too. Experience the difference at Mattress Man. Find the store nearest you at mattressmanstores.com. Also see all the deals in the inventory. Mattressmanstores.com. Buy local and sleep better. Uh, now, and I'm going to say this next part here, and I don't mean it. This is not an insult, okay? But if this whole lieutenant governor thing doesn't work out for Mark Robinson, um, I sincerely believe like he he might have a, a future in stand up comedy. I'm not kidding. He he does a very good job <laughs> delivering these lines. Now it's a friendly audience to be sure, but he does a very good job. Like here, he starts riffing on Delta, the airline, uh, over uh, you know it's weighing into the voter uh, suppression uh, debate uh, down in Georgia. Since Delta Airline don't think I ought to have to show an ID to vote. Next time I show up to the airport. (laughs) Yes, uh, I'm here to get on your airplane. Where's your ticket? Oh, I don't have one. Well, where's your ID? Uh, I'm not showing you my ID. That's racist. (laughs) Don't you know I'm a black man. I can't get ID. They don't let us in those places. And then I'm going to demand a first-class seat. And when they turn me down on all those counts, I'm going to say, well, you guys are a bunch of racists that don't want black people sitting in first class. (laughs) See how ridiculous that is? Do you see how ridiculous that is? 
Let me go ahead and get this out of the way right now. Stop beating around the bush. I am absolutely 100% offended, and it's hard to offend me. I'm offended by the notion of those on the left that think I'm too stupid to find my way down to go get a free ID to go vote. I need to remind these people of who I am and where my people come from. You see, my people, we survived this thing called the Middle Passage, where we were chained together in the belly of ships and had to cross the Atlantic Ocean under the most miserable conditions that you can think of. I come from a people who survived that. You think about that. I come from a people who survived the whips and the chains and the lashes of the, the mechanized slavery of the old South. That's the people I come from. I come from the people who survived the bombs and the bullets and the nooses of Jim Crow. Survived those things and not only survived those things, thrived while they were going on. That's who I come from. Now to hear Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and a bunch of leftists tell me after I've survived all that, after my people have survived all that, that we're now too stupid to find our way down to get this free ID to protect our vote. How dare you? How dare you tell me that? How dare you spread that narrative? It is a lie from the pit of hell. And the only people that can repudiate it are the people that are putting it towards. Right. So here's a question. Um, Do you hear any Republicans talking like that? I mean, obviously not, you know, in this. I mean, he does. He's got he definitely has a preacher vibe going in his delivery style and it works very well. Um, But do you hear other Republicans, even white? I mean, white Republicans. Right. Do you hear them? Speaking like this, saying these things in this kind of forceful way to be unapologetic. I'm not talking about like on social media. You know, I'm talking about in debates to a Democrat's face during a debate. Do you hear Republicans like wrestling away from the left this history that the GOP seems to have just abandoned? Right. They, they, they don't talk about it. Like I thought there was a great opportunity a few years ago. When there was discussion about putting Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill, absolutely should have been done, should still be done. Republicans missed a great opportunity to take that issue and own it and say she was a Republican. She was a Second Amendment activist, right? Because she, she was a firearm owner, <laughs> so uh, for good reason. And uh, yeah, we want her on that $20 bill and to replace Andrew Jackson, you know, the racisty Democrat president. How about that? Make that forceful argument, but nobody was making it not in not forceful enough. And they didn't even do it when they had the opportunity to do it. And they should have done it. They should have done it. Now, here's something you should do. If you are buying or selling a home, then you call Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team. That's what you need to do, especially if you are a police officer, a firefighter, a healthcare professional, an educator, or a member of the military. So veteran, active duty, retiree, whatever, any of those five professions you get to keep 25% from the realtor commissions. You get that back as part of the Homes for Heroes program. 
But Rowena Patton and her team, they're the only Homes for Heroes agents in the Asheville area. So buying or selling, keep more of your own money. She's given back like $800,000 so far to local folks in those five professions. Give her a call at 333-4483. The website is mountainhomehunt.com. The only agent I called when I went to buy my house, Rowena Patton, 333-4483. Give Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team a call and then start packing. So I'm not sure that I've heard, in fact, I know I've not heard, a more uh, powerful, a more compelling altar call for Republicans to reclaim their party's history than what Robinson delivered in this speech. You know, I've been accused of being everything from Uncle Tom to a Russian bot. Somebody told me one time, I know that's just a picture you stole off the internet. You are a white man posing as a black man. Blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Yes, these things happen on social media. (laughs) But I can assure you, there's one thing that I'm proud of. There's one thing that I'm proud of. It's where I've come from. It's where I've come from. And when I say where I've come from, I don't just mean where I have come from. I mean literally where we have come from. You think about that. You think about where black Americans have come from. Literally from from being chained up in the belly of ships we came from to being senators and congressmen and the president of the United States. How dare you tell me this is not the land of opportunity? And how dare you tell me that the party that I'm a member of is not responsible for that? Was not for us, it would not have happened. We were the first ones to push it, and we are the ones who push it now. We are the ones that stand up for equality and freedom this day. We stand up for it for the unborn. We stand up for for people in all situations, for workers. We stand up for what is right in this party, and we always have. Folks, it is time for us to stop letting people tell other people who we are. It's time for us to start telling the world who we are. Because I'm going to tell you this. If the United States of America, if this constitutional republic is to have a future, it is only going to come at the leadership of the Republican Party. We see what's going on on the other side, what they're pushing, the agendas that they're pushing. We see this anti-police agenda that they're pushing. Let me go ahead and get into this. Right, let me go on. Just get into it. Don't, let's just go and get into it. I told them when it started, I told them why it was going on. I'm telling you now, the more we see our police browbeat and hamstrung, the worst crime is going to get in this nation. Now, y'all just go and get mad at me if y'all want to, but that stupid old man, Joe Biden. That'd probably be in the newspaper tomorrow. So let me say it again so they get the quote right. That stupid old man, Joe Biden. Talking about how he gonna tax 
blacks AR-15s, and we got this sign about this gun violence. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta get the AR-14s off the street. And we, the, the AFT has got to get out of here. And we, we gotta get, we gotta get this done. It's, a, it's an embarrassment to the nation. I can assure you, the only embarrassment to the nation that instead of having a commander in chief, we have a stumbler in chief, a mumbler in chief, an empty suit as our president. That's the embarrassment that this nation has right now, and I mean that in all sincerity because here it is. You can watch the further the police is browbeat, intimidated, and not be allowed to be proactive in fighting crime, the higher the crime rate goes up. The more mass shootings we see, the more carjackings we see, the more rapes we see, the more murders we see. This is a nation of laws, and our police officers are supposed to carry out those laws. And let me just stop right here and say this, so I can go ahead and infuriate the left totally. God bless our men and women who serve us in uniform on the streets of our nation. God bless you. We are praying for you. We are praying a mighty prayer of protection over you right this moment that every demon that comes against you shall be canceled out and shall be defeated. That every enemy out there against you shall be singled out and put down. So does this sort of messaging sell? Does this approach, does like does this speech, this kind of speech, does this sell in Republican circles? Because I got to tell you, it sounds like it's selling pretty well in Moore County <laughs> during this during this speech. It sounds like the crowd loves it, loves him, loves what he's saying, right? Um, I, I I'm I'm starting to get the sense that Mark Robinson might be the future of the Republican Party in North Carolina. Um, let me let me take a second here and tell you about Old Grouch's Military Surplus downtown Clyde on Main Street. Tim would love to see if you are thinking about like selling some stuff. You got maybe like you know you inherited some gear, some real U.S. military surplus. You want to price it. You want to uh, potentially sell it. Um, bring it over to Tim at Old Grouch, uh, and that's how he gets all sorts of new stuff in all the time. He's like he's always got stuff coming in, and then he sells out of it. So you gotta you gotta monitor. You gotta monitor OldGrouch.com. Monitor his Facebook page and the like um, because he's constantly getting new stuff in. You know, first aid kits, ammo cans, gun accessories all sorts of outdoor gear. Uh, he's got, you know, coats and jackets and clothing and backpacks. Um, he gets body armor in on occasion, pretty regularly, actually. So uh, go stop into Old Grouch's Military Surplus, downtown Clyde on Main Street. Shop is open Monday through Saturday across the street from the anti-aircraft gun and at oldgrouch.com. Uh, all right, uh, back to Robinson here. A couple more sound bites. He's uh, talking now. He's getting into the policing issue. A few years back, they were talking about, you know, black people, you got to have to talk with your children. When they said that, my wife looked at each other and said, well, our kid's grown. We don't have to talk with them. <laughs> we, we, we told our children where babies come from a long time ago. <laughs> no, 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 not that talk. You got to tell them how to deal with the police. Oh, we told them that. And we taught, taught them how to act and behave. We ain't got to have no special talk. You know, when you raise your kids right, you ain't got to teach them how to act with the police. Because when they see the police, they say the same thing to the police they say to the preacher and the teacher. Yes, ma'am. No, sir. Yes, I will. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. See, when you do right, you ain't got to worry about wrong. You ain't got to worry about it. You ain't got to be worried. You ain't got to worry about your children riding home from work when you done raised them right. You see, I got a son. I got a son looks a little rough. 
He likes to keep his hair a little long. And he likes to slump down in the seat when he drives. And he's got a bad habit of not always getting his tags renewed. I think he gets that from his father. Took my wife many years to get that straightened out in me. So my son has been stopped by the police a number of times. Not a whole lot, but I mean a number of times. And every time he's got stopped, it came out the same way. He got his ticket, he got his warning, he went home. Why? Because we taught our son how to behave, not just with policemen, but in society, period. Not just with policemen. Doesn't take any special effort. See, folks, all this stuff that I'm talking about again, this is all about us pushing back against the false narratives that we hear being preached every day. We hear them every day from every corner. The mass media, uh, you know, the, the newspaper, the television. We hear it in movies. We hear it in uh, television shows. This whole prevailing attitude that somehow all the things that we learned when we were children and all the things that have made this nation great are somehow, now they're wrong. They're wrong. And we got all these newfangled ideas. You know, newfangled ideas that are supposed to make society better. Newfangled ideals like, you know, I know you might be a man and you might weigh 285 pounds and I know you have a beard and I can see the hair on your chest. But if you'd like to play on the girls' basketball team, that's just fine. In a bit, I'm going to read a, a little bit from a piece by Thomas Mills, Democratic guy. And um, uh, they, they're like, well, the Republicans are going all in on the culture war. As if the Democrats didn't start the culture war. Republicans have been playing defense because that's what conservatives do. Um, but is there any candidate, any elected official, sort of like as well suited to fight the culture war than Robinson appears to be. I don't know if he is. It just sounds like he is. Sounds like he's very prepared for it and willing and able. <laughs> so um, so there's that. He says leadership is in very short supply. You know, people ask me all the time. They say, uh, you seem like a natural born leader. I, don't, I wouldn't say that. It took me a long time to get where I am. And I don't want to go to crying up here. So I'm not going to talk about all the hard times that I've had in my life. I've had some hard times. I've had some drive homes where I had to really get with myself and ask myself where I was going in life. Why well, I knew I was going home to a house that didn't have hot running water. Why well, I knew I was going home to a house where I had a stack of bills I didn't know how I was going to pay them. So I wouldn't call myself a natural born leader. What I'd probably call myself is this. I'd probably call myself somebody who's just following God. I'm just following God. I'm just following his lead. He's the leader. I'm the follower. And along with that, people ask me all the time. They say, how in the world can you be so bold? How can you stand on stage and call a powerful newspaper like or news agency like WRAL? We really are liberal. How can you have enough guts to stand on stage and call Governor Roy Cooper a big fat mouth hypocrite? <laughs> <laughs> 
Let me tell you why I call Governor Roy Cooper a hypocrite. Governor Roy Cooper will talk all day long about how we want to make North Carolina a place where African Americans can feel safe and be prosperous. And we want to make everything equal for everyone. If it sounds like I'm mocking Governor Cooper, I am mocking Governor Cooper. Because Governor Cooper mocks himself every time he opens his mouth. This man that professes to care so much about African Americans couldn't be concerned with calling the first black lieutenant governor and saying congratulations or inviting me over to see him in his mansion. I have yet to be in that mansion with him. See, Roy Cooper doesn't care anything about black folks. Roy Cooper cares about Roy Cooper and what his next step might be. So Roy Cooper knows he has to walk the political line, not the people line, not the righteousness line, the political line. So the first black lieutenant governor don't make no difference to Roy Cooper because I'm in the wrong party. Can't talk to me. Talk to the man one time for about three minutes. Timed it on my phone. I think it was three minutes and 17 seconds. Probably the worst three minutes and 17 seconds of his life. (laughs) Okay, now, honestly, I'm not exactly sure how this hasn't become a story yet, how this hasn't been plastered all over the newspapers and WRAL, which was a great line. We really are liberal. Like, I love that. I'm going to start using it. I I don't know how this hasn't gotten out yet because the video link is available. I mean, I got it. So it was shared on Twitter. Anyway, uh, let me share something with you right quick, and that is growershemp.com, and that's the website for Growers Hemp. Full-spectrum hemp extract can be yours by going to the website, and it can be yours for 20% off by using my name, Pete, as the promo code at checkout. These are North Carolina farmers that control the process from seed to shelf. They grow the hemp crop. They then... uh, I don't know what they call it. It's like the manufacturing process, the distilling process. I've seen it. I don't know what it's called, but it's like it turns it into like this sludge kind of stuff. And then they they take that and they just they they turn it into the tinctures, right? The the drops. I take a couple of drops, and they've got all sorts of flavors. And people love the flavors because it's not you know there, there's a variety of them. So people who don't like sort of the original taste, there are some people that prefer the original taste. Um, I like the mint, the Appalachian mint flavor. That's the one I like. Go to GrowersHemp.com. Promo code Pete. Get twenty percent off. And here's the disclaimer. I gotta read. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of these products has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and nothing I've said is meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from your healthcare provider. Please consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. GrowersHemp.com, from North Carolina farmers to you, GrowersHemp.com is about the hemp and not the hype. Uh, All right. Last part, last clip here from uh, Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson. Uh, He says, and people ask him, well, how are you so bold? And he says he is so bold because of his faith. 
It is time for the people of this nation who have been blessed by God to stand up in his name. Allow him to stand behind us, fight for us, and carry us on towards victory. No fight that we have ever undertaken in this nation. Not our revolution, not the Civil War, not World War II, not any of our wars. Did we ever fight alone? There was always someone bigger standing behind us, and it was God Almighty. If we are to win today, he has to stand behind us today as well. And so I implore each one of you all to be encouraged. Because as you stand in your daily walk against the tyranny that we see coming from every corner, from our mass media, to Washington, D.C., to Raleigh, to your school boards, to your county commissions, to your city councils, know that you do not stand alone. You do not stand alone if you stand in truth. Just like on April 3rd when I stood in front of that city council, I did not stand alone. Folks, we're not standing by ourselves. We are standing for truth. We are standing for righteousness. We are standing for our God. We are standing for freedom. We are standing for equality. And we are standing up for this constitutional republic that has been blessed by the Almighty. Remember, we do not stand alone. We do not fight alone. And we will not win alone. Let's do what we need to do to save this nation for future generations and move forward in victory so that one day somebody will tell the great story, the grand old story of how the Moore County Republicans and the Wake County Republicans and the Guilford County Republicans and the Rockingham County Republicans and all the county Republicans of North Carolina stood up for this state and stood up for this nation and saved freedom forever. God bless you all. God bless Moore County and God bless the great state of North Carolina. Thank you all. Right. So I don't usually play like that much of a speech, but I thought it was that good. I did. I thought it was that good. I also think he probably is going to open himself up to a lot of criticism for some of the things that he said. And if I were in the news business looking to um, to crucify him, I would put a headline on this. You know, Lieutenant Governor calls Joe Biden stupid or an idiot and uh, uh, calls Governor Cooper a hypocrite. I'm sure that's the way it'll get framed when some folks from WRAL or McClatchy get around to listening to it, uh, if they ever do. And um, which they probably will come election time. And so we'll see it in about another, what, three years <laughs> when he's running for reelection or for governor, which seems like that's where uh, he's looking to um, to make his mark. Uh, I mentioned Thomas Mills's piece. It's at politicsnc.com. And I've interviewed Thomas uh, a, couple, you know, a few times over the years. And uh, he's got a piece called Free Market Realignment. And um, he said, well, he's and he's talking about this. Uh, this realignment that's going on in the parties and he's connecting it to the corporations that are all now throwing their lot in with the Democrats who are, you know, ascendant in power, uh, which, you know, I I view any of anything like that, this unholy alliance between business and government. Um, and it's it, this is this is economic fascism is what it is. And, um, you know, if you're anti-fascism, you would object to this sort of thing. But um, there, I, I believe there is a realignment occurring and uh, Mills and I agree on that. Um, but I want to let, let me just I'll get to Mills by going through Mark Elias and Roy Cooper, because when Mark Elias says jump, Roy Cooper says how high. 
Okay. Now, Senator Chuck Grassley said partisans and companies are colluding to ruin the livelihood of their opponents. He calls it economic terrorism. And this is explicitly what Mark Elias called for um, earlier this month. This this, uh, dates to April 9th, actually. Now is the time for the business community to act. Democracydocket.com is their website. And uh, he says, we're starting to see a change after the 2020 election. Trump's rampant big lie and a violent insurrection at the Capitol made corporate America start to see Republicans decades of disenfranchisement efforts in a new light. And by the way, Thomas Mills parrots this line, a lot of these points almost verbatim. Uh, Mark Elias, who again is the Democratic super lawyer. He was the he was Hillary Clinton's lawyer. He was Roy Cooper's lawyer. Uh, he's the one that's been suing all of the states over the election laws, uh, trying to loosen them and did loosen them in many of the states before the last election. He says uh, that businesses uh, need to speak out loudly and clearly through a leadership voice in your community. Uh, He says businesses in many places literally own the square, its storefronts and signage. Use that real estate, literally and figuratively, to stand up for what is right. And by right, he means what the left wants. Um, Don't confine your statements simply to tweets from the corporate Twitter account. Publish your opinions in prominent places, including local and national newspapers and on television, radio and the Internet. See what they're trying. What this does is effectively it brings them into the fold. Now you can't get out. Right. Once you sign on to this, CEOs, you're in. You don't ever get to get out. If you get out, that's like even worse. That's like, that is even worse. Like the left is now targeting, I think it's Home Depot because they didn't come out with some sort of a statement that met with the, you know, the, the approval of the, the leftists. So now they're being targeted. So even if you're, you're not caring enough, right? If you don't care enough for them, they're going to target you. So he's telling them, speak out. Don't just speak out, take action as well. Uh, Number two, use your existing lobbying power and influence to fight the laws that the Democrats don't like. I'm saying that part. Uh, If large corporations made clear to local government officials that voting rights will define the relationship between them and the state, it would make a real difference in what bills are passed and which ones are signed. Now, why is this so important? Well, Democrats know that if they can control the voting laws and they can pressure corporations to dictate terms and the GOP runs for the hills, then Democrats will win elections forever. This is the thinking. And then they can do whatever they want. So they don't care what uh, what the corporation's positions are on anything else. Just the voting stuff. That's it. Um, He says, recognize that threats to voting anywhere are an American business concern and require action. Use your business power to make voting easier and do not be afraid to join the legal fight as well. So Elias puts that out. Then you get Roy Cooper and uh, the governor of Michigan. They write a letter. Uh, They get 50 current and former governors and they call it bipartisan uh, because they've got Three Republicans, you know who they are? Three former Republican governors, Arnie Carlson of Minnesota, (laughs) Bill Weld of Massachusetts, who was a libertarian candidate, vice presidential candidate a couple of years ago, and Christine Todd Whitman of New Jersey. These are the three Republicans they got. Um, And they're saying state lawmakers across the country have uh, introduced bills centered on elections this year and former President Donald Trump's public complaints about mail-in ballots, fraud, and other aspects of his 2020 election loss. This is the News and Observer's write-up on this. And there's nothing in this piece written by Michael Wilner and Brian Murphy. He's the McClatchy guy. Nothing in this piece at all that talks about the reason why the Republicans have been introducing these bills. 
these election law reforms. You know why? Because of Mark Elias. Right. It's because of Mark Elias. Mark Elias sued and had states' election laws rewritten by judges that were amenable to Mark Elias and the Democrats. And so now Republican legislatures are coming back and sometimes they're implementing some of the rules that got put in place for the last election. But in some cases they're saying, no, we don't like that rule. We're not doing it again. And this is what is supposed to be Jim Crow 2.0. Now, all of that is to get to this point here from Thomas Mills, the free market realignment, he says. Um, Republicans are losing college educated voters, corporations, Um, are self-interested and they see the power of the purse increasing among people of color and first and second generation immigrants. This, this is by the way, the white replacement, uh, theory. This is that argument that if you mention it on the right, that makes you a, a a neo-Nazi, but when you're on the left, you can tout white replacement theory. That's, that's what he's talking about here. Uh, talking about rural America where a lot of the white working class lives, they're aging and they're shrinking. Not in size, but in numbers. He then says, if they believe, the Republicans, if they believe what they've said about the power of the free market to determine outcomes, then the free market is sending them a clear message. They would be wise to moderate their views and fight for the support of the rising multicultural electorate instead of alienating it. So imagine if the left couldn't use racism (laughs) in their arguments. What would they have left? But um, I don't know. Mark Robinson seems to make a pretty forceful case. There's a writer out of San Francisco. His name is Shant Mesrobian, I think that's how he pronounces it. He has a Substack newsletter called Inquire. He wrote, The current national conversation on race is a political front for a predominantly white, wealthy, educated, professional class that is eager to assert its cultural and socioeconomic hegemony, but whose liberal pretense forces it to do so in the guise of altruistic social justice. The animating belief propelling this culture war is disguised as racial reckoning, but really, it's We're the ones who possess the moral authority and moral credentials to manage the affairs of this country and to be its elites. That's what's actually going on. He goes on to say corporations and capital have joined this project as a low cost, high reward strategy in which they forge a common cause and political bond with those who make up not only their own managerial ranks, but also those who generally hold the levers of cultural power throughout society. That's what's going on here. That's the fight. And if you want to call it a culture war, fine. And maybe Mark Robinson is the guy to lead the GOP in that effort. That is a wrap for the episode. Thanks so much for listening. I do appreciate it. Remember, go to the PeteCallanerShow.com and uh, click on the subscribe link there. Uh, maybe become a patron as well. Talk with you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone. 